Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. With me, Mackenzie Koss, marketer extraordinaire. Let's get into it. Today, we have Naomi Barnett, editor at Spotify. Welcome, Naomi. We are so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. I'm really excited to be here. So first, I'd just like to hear a little bit about how you landed at Spotify and maybe the work and life experience that led you to the place that you're, you are right now? Absolutely. So uh, my full title is editor of For the Record, which is Spotify's uh, digital newsroom. Um, so it's what we call kind of our corporate newsroom, our mouthpiece to the world. Uh, I studied marketing and English in college, and I was originally hoping to become an editor, a book editor. Uh, and go into editing and publishing. I quickly found out that that is a really hard field to get into. So I abandoned that idea and decided to go in full throttle into this new world known as content marketing. Uh, So uh, through a series of internships and good luck, I landed at my first job right out of school, which was at a content marketing agency called Group SJR. Um, And I was originally put on a pharmaceutical healthcare account as a editor. Um, but one of the things that that attracted me to the role and attracted, I think, the uh, the team to my abilities was my um, ability to be very organized um, and have a project managerial mindset in addition to my editorial writing capabilities. And so they put me on this pharmaceutical account that really required basically two months of review. Um, for each piece of story, each piece of content we created. Um, and you needed to be very organized to bring that from, you know, content ideation all the way through to publish. So I was able to create a lot of systems and learn from a lot of really talented people how to stay super organized um, while also, you know, having the time and the space to write creative content. And I worked on that project for a few years and then got extremely lucky when the company landed Spotify as an account. Um, And I kind of took up a similar role on the Spotify account, um, writing, creating and writing editorial content for this For the Record newsroom. And I did that for about uh, two and a half, three years at Group SJR, and then was able to go in-house to Spotify where I have been for about a year. I really want to talk about this relationship between your organization and managerial skills with your writing skills? Because I think a lot of people often lump writing with, oh, that's the creative side. That's, you know, like this sort of wild and free and emotional side and and organization and managerial skills is much more, you know, controlled and tactical. Um, Do you see it as two different sides of you or do you see uh, more of a relationship there? I don't see it as two different sides. Um, I think I infuse a lot of creativity into my organization uh, back in high school when I think is when I noticed in myself that I needed to start start to have a lot of organizational structures in my life to get everything done that I wanted to get done. Um, I started creating these really intricate checklists. So I would make a checklist of, of all the the homework assignments and the um, the college essays and the studying and the extracurricular projects I was working on. And then I would basically illustrate the checklist. Um, So it ended up being this kind of beautiful piece of 
of a, a timestamp almost into a, a very hectic week in you know a, a high schooler's life um, that allowed me to one organize my thoughts um, and then create something out of it that also calmed me. So in the midst of having this hectic workload, I also had this built-in infrastructure for finding some relief, which I love to draw. So, um, and I kind of still do that um, in my own notebook now. Uh, you can see up here, um, it's just like a little bit of design um, and some doodles. Oh, I love uh, that. Do your high school checklists live anywhere still? I I think I might have a few in a um, file cabinet in my parents' house. I have like a, a file cabinet of all of old writing and art. And, um, and I think some of them might be in there. Uh, I have to go through it, but um, I definitely have a few college ones flying around. Um, so the, the two elements of creativity and organization have always been really enmeshed for me um, as a way to, to make sense of um, a lot of chaos and hecticness. Um, and I think uh, I've always been a pretty, I've, I've always been a very busy individual, someone who has a lot going on at all times. Um, and that is consistent from from high school, from elementary school to now. Well, in addition, you're also a marathon runner, correct? Yes, marathoner <laughs> and triathlete. Oh um, my so my extracurriculars did include running, swimming, biking, well, less biking, but uh, running, swimming, practices, meets, um, so, so yeah, so yeah, all this to say the two are merged for me. Um, and I have taken all of that, uh, all of the ability to be able to handle many extracurriculars and activities, turning that into workload, um, and then being able to kind of organize it in a, um, a, a beautiful and way that allows me to enjoy the process. Yeah, that's it's incredible. I was really struck by when you said creativity and organization allows you to make sense of all the chaos or allows you to sort of, you know, harness your place in all the chaos. It's cool to hear it as sort of one cohesive philosophy. And how does your, uh, the physical side of your life fold into these philosophies? It feels like not only are you sort of intensely driven, organized and creative, but you have this sort of you know, thirst for physical accomplishments. Is it, is that true? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a weird way I to put love... it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I don't know if I ever would have put it like that before, but it's not incorrect. Um, I love, I love running and I love swimming. Um, I enjoy biking. It is not my favorite of the disciplines that I do. Um, but, uh, it is something I, I enjoy both on a, um, fitness level and, a um, biking around New York level. Um, so I, I've been running swimming competitively since I was young and running competitively since high school, I ran competitively in college. Um, and I had to take some time off of it when I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in midway through college and then really missed it, um, and missed, missed the competitive nature of it for a few years. And by after I was settled in New York and able to start incorporating longer runs back into my routine, I was able to start training for a half marathon and then a longer triathlon um, and then a marathon. And now I'm, I'm racing the New York City Marathon. So, so yeah, I've been able to bring that back into my life. And it is an extremely stress relieving, um, enjoyable way to, to take up some time, do something active, and also meet people. I've met some incredible people running 
biking, swimming, um, and, and have made some really good friends. Just literally one of my best running buddies accosted me while I was running down the West side greenway. And she was like, Hey, you're running fast. Do you want to run together? And then we found <laughs> each other on Strava. That's oh, amazing. That's such a good story. <laughs> um, and how does this, uh, you know, does it pair well with your ambition as a marketer and as a creative and as a writer, like does the physical side of your life, um, support all those kind of in a way that it seems like all aspects of your sort of perspective really are in mutual benefit? I am a person who definitely strives towards goals. Um, so when it comes to running, I strive towards a numerical goal. Um, when it comes to my work, um, I am embarrassed to say I spent New Year's Day last year writing OKRs for myself for the following you know, year. Um, and, you know, and then I you know get to look back at them throughout the year this year. And I'm already thinking about, oh, what do I want next year's goal to be? Um, so I am a person who, who likes to have that set out in front of me and, and work to achieve something. Um, I, I enjoy running for fun. I enjoy writing for fun, but having, being able to have goals for lack of a better word around the two, um, I think allow me to work in a way that does enable me to feel like I'm doing my best or I'm, I'm aiming for my best. Um, and also keeps me accountable to whatever I've set out. Um, I, for my personal writing, I try to do poet, um, April poetry month every year. Um, and I don't write a ton for myself throughout the rest of the year because I just write a lot for work. Uh, and it gets a little tired by the end of the day. So having even just one month within the year to say, you're going to do this for yourself. You're going to keep this goal, um, on this creative project is something that helps me to ensure that I get to do the thing that I enjoy doing. Wow. It's, it's very inspiring. Can we shift and talk a little bit about your philosophy around project management? Absolutely. So when I was hired at Group SJR, I was really lucky to be paired with an account manager on the pharmaceutical account who um, was an extremely organized person and taught me how to use Gantt charts. And I had never seen a Gantt chart before, but, and for those who don't know what they look like, it's essentially you know, a waterfall chart. So you put, you put in a certain date or time frame in which you want something to happen. You give it an amount of time, and then you set up all of the things that will happen once you accomplish that task. So it ends up looking like a lot of bars going across the screen, kind of in succession, a little bit lower, or higher than each other, depending on what has to happen first or next. And, you know, the technologies are really cool because you can always bump it out an extra few days and then see the whole thing shift. Um, so learning how to do that was really, really impactful for me because it taught me to think kind of big picture about the full amount of time a project would take up. Um, and instead of working towards a specific deadline, knowing how much time I needed within my process to accomplish the task. And that's something that I've taken with me even outside of that workflow, because it's an orientation that I feel I can have towards any project I'm doing. So knowing how much time I need for a given article or interview allows me to then work backwards. Um, it's also something that has taught me that people need different times to do different things um, and that you can't mandate a certain deadline if the person can't write in that allotted time or can't put a deck together in that allotted time. Um, 
And so it has enabled me as a kind of a leader of a team to ask people like what, how much time do you need for this? Or if we have to get it to this person by Friday, when can you have the draft to me to review? And just think a little bit more holistically about everything on the table that has to trickle down from one piece to another in order to make the final product happen and work with my teammates to ensure they also understand all of those pieces and can orient themselves around uh, that timeframe as well. What type of story really excites you as a creative? So as Spotify's newsroom, a lot of the time what we're working on is stories related to initiatives within the company. Um, and some of those are the ones that are the most exciting to me. Certain launches, certain uh, partnerships um, can be really fun to work on um, and to think creatively about how how can we not just say that this is happening, but how can we tell a story around it? Or how can we bring in an expert voice? Um, how can we add multimedia um, to really make everyone as excited about this as we are? Um, I also really enjoy putting together what I call like functionality or how-to stories. So teaching people how to find what they're looking for in the app. And then we also have the fantastic opportunity to speak to a lot of creators um, and influencers and really get to go behind the scenes into their work and their mindset. So some of those have been really fun. You know, sometimes once in a while, there'll be someone really high profile uh, that, you know, I get to name drop. So um, like one of my first people was Kristen Chenoweth and it's a huge Broadway fan. That was a very big deal to me. Um, and then of course, the culture and trend stories, being able to dig into Spotify data and say what people are listening to and, and what it reflects in the everyday world um, is very fun. But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, we have a section on our site called Inside Spotify, which is about the employees, company and culture. And working on those stories makes me reflect on how lucky and excited I am to be in this role, because not only do I get to be at this company that I consider to be fun and exciting and incredible and um, really doing, really making music and podcasts accessible to people around the world. And, and I think uniting people around this really shared love of audio. Um, but I get to talk to the people who make it happen, who love their jobs as much as I love mine. And you get to see their passion, their creativity and their intelligence come out. And that has been like one of the top joys for me of, of working in this role. That's amazing. I, Spotify has meant personally such, uh, it's meant a ton to me. Every year since I think 2011, I've put together just a yearly list that I think gets in the 100 plus songs of just those are the songs that sort of were my soundtrack of that year. And it's so fun to go back and on my Spotify and see that list from 2011 or 2014 or 2016 and be like, oh, I was pretty sad that year. Or like I was doing well that year. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> but you take a lot of pride in uh, working for this company and it I can feel it even talking to you. Was there a moment in life when you were like, wow, I work for, I'm an editor for Spotify. Yeah, they say, what do you edit? Um, <laughs> no, they... Um... <laughs> what are you cutting out of those songs? They, um... <laughs> yeah, well, the funny thing within, about my role is that the editor title actually does refer at Spotify mostly to people who curate playlists um, and so it is kind of a funny thing. Um, and everyone always wants to know. And my mom is always asking like, oh, so like, where can I see your work in the app? Which does, sorry, mom does not currently exist. Yeah. It does not yet link back to each other. Oh, oh. Fingers crossed one Send day. Send her the link to this um, podcast. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She'll be extremely happy to hear it. Um, And, but I mean, I got to go to the office yesterday for the first time um, as an official employee and first time since COVID-19. And uh, I got my badge and I just was like, oh, I work here. This is where I, this is where I work. Um, and that was kind of a, a big moment for me, even though I really have been enjoying working from home, getting to say like, this is the space where um, that makes me feel like a part of this company. I think it's interesting that there's obviously been a ton of uh, workplace transitions since COVID started. And I'm sure that there's going to be a ton of that feeling of people returning to a place that they've never really identified with as their workspace and then coming back and going, wait, this is where I work. I don't work in my little corner office in my basement. Um, that's a cool, that's a cool feeling. Anything you're excited about at work right now? So it's not a story, but we are working on redesigning and relaunching our website for uh, newsroom.spotify.com, which is the website for, for the record. And I've, I've had a lot of say in, in elements I think the website should have and working with you know, uh, our agency partners to create it and then being able to see like what they put together and, and then play around with it um, has been very exciting. It's going to launch uh, uh, November 10th. Um, so it'll be brand new and shiny. And one of the things that I'm most excited about for this site is that it's no longer going to only feature stories from For the Record. It's also going to be a hub for a bunch of other owned Spotify channels. So there's a website called Spotify for artists. There's a website called Spotify for podcasters. They target obviously different um, types of people, who, different creatives who are also looking to learn how to best utilize Spotify um, for their own work. And they have their own blogs and their own editorial information that they put out. One of the features of our new site is that we're going to feature some of their stories on our homepage. So you can, if you're an artist, you can come to For the Record and see content that's made for you. Um, So it's no longer quite as consumer facing or press facing um, as it originally has been. It's still oriented towards uh, those audiences, but there's also a place to jump off to, to find exactly what you're looking for from a different perspective, which is, I think, shows a much more holistic, um, wide and broad ecosystem of who we are trying to reach. Um, You know, we're always talking about our creators. We're always talking about our fans and our listeners. Um, and this is now the place where we can bring them all together. And one thing that I'm I'm driving within kind of an internal work process in order to make this happen is I've put together an editorial board of all the people who work across these different channels so we can better work together to highlight what's going on between our, our workflows Um, to say, oh, you're working on that. I'm also working on something on that topic. We should link back to each other. Or, oh, since you're working on that, I actually don't need to put out this story, um, but we can highlight it here uh, and just learn from each other editorial best practices um, and just do a little bit more of a a mind share uh, every month. So that's something I've been putting together for the past few months. And I'm super excited that it's finally going to be launching um, both the, the, the website and then also this kind of back-end process behind it that will allow it to truly showcase um, the full extent of the Spotify experience, um, including our own podcasts, including linking back to the platform. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a whole new world for, for our team. And I think for the readers. Oh, 
it's such a joy to hear about like a healthy communicative office culture or company culture. It's such, it was just like, it, it makes me both excited to hear about that, but also excited about all this feature. I'm like, God, I got to dive into Spotify a little bit more. I'm, I feel like I'm not, I've used it for so long, but in such a specific way. Um, what are you listening to right now? Uh, so there's a play, like a Spotify curated playlist called like stat, sad girl starter pack, which is a personally offensive playlist to me. Um, but basically anything on there, like Stevie Bridgers, Lizzie Dacus, um, Dan Stevens, um, Arcade Fire. I'm like a bit, I like indie an alternative, um, a lot, but one of, one of the other great joys within my work is learning about other music that I didn't originally know. So this year I got really into a British, um, uh, a British hip hop artist named Dave, um, I learned a little bit more about uh, dance music this year. There's this fantastic song called We Lost Dancing by an artist called Fred Again, where he basically layers um, uh, an like a, a voice note on top of a beat. And it's about, Ooh. it's, it is, I, I encourage you to listen. It's, um, it's, it's about what we lost during COVID, like what the dance community specifically lost during COVID in like going out to, to dance um clubs and stuff and that's not something I do it's not what I'm into but this song just really had this deep impact on me um of thinking like wow we like this is this is I felt for that community yeah. listening to this song and it, I put I it on my that. summer playlist um so, so yeah I'm a I'm really an indie yeah I'm really like a classic rock and indie uh an alternative you know person at heart but um but getting to kind of dip in in a bunch of other places is one other element of my job that I really enjoy. If I'm writing about an artist, I'll definitely go listen to them. I love that. I bet our Venn diagrams of taste are, are very <laughs> All right, everybody. It is time for our next segment, my personal favorite, Today in Brands. Better Health launched an ad that dives into the importance of men's mental health. And I just thought it was kind of brilliant the way they presented it and also kind of quirky the way they ended it. Um, just because you don't talk, I, I just think about, um, especially females, just how we are able to just like openly talk about stuff like, Oh yeah, I've got this going on or this and guys it's, and I don't mean to loop you into this grouping, Nick, but it's more about like, like what sports yeah. team did that <laughs> night. And, you know, it's no sports. Stuff. Yeah. But the, question that is focused on in the commercial is what do you want? Um, and historically it's been shown that, um, men are hesitant to reach out for their mental health. And it's a 60 second commercial where a guy is sitting on a couch, um, responding to someone off camera and he asks, what do you want? And it's broken down when it actually shows his roommate and he just wants to know what he wants to eat. At the end of it, it just says, need someone else to talk to, followed by Better Health with their little logo at the bottom. So I don't know if you watched it, but based on that information, Naomi, I'm wondering what your take is on this kind of clever and just very interesting um, arrangement of this ad addressing men's mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to watch it. Um, so as someone who has been in therapy for over 10 years and loves therapy, I'm so happy to see 
therapy being brought into the mainstream in the past few years in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, we know all of the stats about <laughs> mental health and depression and anxiety yeah. during COVID and like, and I'm, I'm glad that that's finally going to be something that's surfaced more often. And, and hopefully it's not one of the things that goes away. Um, once we are back in a less virtual, more physical world. And I think the topic of, of destigmatizing conversations, like deep conversations among men, um, which I think is something that is a, a true problem of the patriarchy that we're dealing with in our society and yes. problem with, with, you know, might I, uh, might I get into toxic masculinity? I think there's this there's this inclination against people to talk about what's really bothering them, especially when they're raised as men. So I think that um, this ad um, does a good job of showing that with some prompting, a person can really get into a stream of consciousness and like dive deeply into what's at the core of what's bothering them. The thing for me that I thought this ad missed and I was so I was it was like it's it almost there for me <laughs> um I wish that the friend had engaged yeah after after the roommate had kind of like brought out this oh I I want I, mean, I want a snack but also I I want to be happy and I want to like my job and I want I want love like yes. you know whatever I forget exactly what he says but the friend is just just like meant he's like oh I meant what do you want to eat Um, and if only we could continue, we could continue to use our ads and our branding. And, and I, I do believe in the power of companies and corporations to use their, to use their platform for good like this. Um, if only we could have added another beat within that commercial to say, oh, I I meant pad Thai, but do you want to, you should talk to someone about this. It sounds like a lot on your mind, you know, either, you know, offering up himself for assistance or signaling like therapists can help you with this. Um, and I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a conversation that isn't happening between men, friends. Um, uh, but I think it's one that, that might need to be prompted a little bit more. Um, and I think that, um, I'm watching Ted Lasso right now. Yes. Um, a little late (laughs) to the game, but, but still, uh, still interesting. And in the second season, the team brings on a, uh, a therapist to speak to the teammates and the boys, they like, they get so much out of it. And at the point where I'm at in the season, Ted is still so unsure about it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't feel right about therapy. I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I'm hoping it goes in a direction that is really makes therapy a positive nurturing experience for this, like, male centric team. Um, and, and I'm, I'm glad that there is representation, um, about that happening on television right now. I love that take on it. Um, I will not spoil the Ted Lasso, uh, for you. You, but, uh, I absolutely loved it. And when I saw it, uh, I saw it like on a video clip and I was like, wait a second, what is this? And I do agree with you though, that they did miss that. I'm like, I wonder if they could just spin it just a little bit to say, hey, like, let's go walk and get pate and talk about this or something um, and actually getting to it. So it's a, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like that could have been a, a very clever button on a on an ad like this that just sort of maybe even he shares something sweet that relates, you know, like just a tiny little, you know, yeah. tiny moment. Um, yeah. It didn't need to be so corny as to say like, <laughs> I need I help. But, but I think like having the friend react in a way that I would hope a friend would react if I went off like that. Um, right. Yeah. Even I like just an awkward hug or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the acknowledgement that's not right. Yeah. Yes. Second one, there is a official ad out now, or I should say trailer for the movie Lightyear. And it is Buzz Lightyear. So it's about 26 late years later from the original Toy Story where Pixar and Disney paired together to bring us the epic, what is it? One, two, three, three, three part series. And now there's Lightyear. Um, so the trailer shows Buzz, who is kind of this hero. He also does not look like a toy, which is very interesting to me. Um, and he launches into space, which looks also looks like he is a robot sidekick, some other things. And it actually ends with his classic to infinity and beyond with one of his, uh, what looks like one of his fellow female teammates. So Naomi, since I know you love music, I am curious if you were to direct the music for this film, specifically the rocket launch, what song would you choose and why? So um, I've had the great pleasure to actually interview a lot of music supervisors for movies through my job. So I've learned a lot from them. So I took this Ooh. question extremely seriously yes. uh, and did research. <laughs> um, so first, first off, I don't, I don't know a ton, enough, enough about this movie to know about the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. I imagine that it's light comedy meant for children. It's not so serious as to need like an instrumental interstellar style soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I did really appreciate the song that's in the current trailer, which is um, basically a, a, a remix of um, of Space Oddity. Yeah. Um, so, and that made me really think about, okay, who is this movie for? This movie is for kids, but it's also catering to the nostalgic parents, older siblings, uncles, aunts, whatever, of kids who also love um, Toy Story. So that's why they went for, I think, Space Oddity, which is to attract the older audience and like it around a song that they know. So I was also thinking through songs that would be fun and like go with the backdrop of the movie for kids, but also be resonant and familiar to older audiences. So I have three options. Yes, Um, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, one of them actually is uh, Rocket Man, but oh not, my gosh, <laughs> not the original. Okay, <laughs> uh, it is. Um, I heard a cover of Rocket Man yesterday while I was at the office, um, oh. and it was a woman vocalist. Um, I didn't. I don't know what it was, but I spent a bunch of time trying to find it today. I think I found it. Um, Carrie Kimmel. Um, it's a little slower. It's a little bit more um, jazzy and sultry, which. I like, but maybe might not be exactly it. Um, I was looking for a, another version that was a little more upbeat. I did find some more upbeat versions, but none of them were perfect. Um, another one I was really excited about was the song One um, by Three Dog Night, but as performed by Amy Mann. Um, and this one felt good to me because of the lessons learned in the original Toy Stories around um, friendship and working together. Um, I love that. And this show, this movie is Buzz going into space kind of alone. Um, It seems like he does make friends along the way or, or, you know, um, have have some comrades in the game. But but I think that to like really dive into the experience of being alone in space, having like a a funky version of one could be really good. 
And then finally, um, I don't think you can ever go wrong with Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. Oh, uh, yes. So that is the one I ultimately <laughs> thought, like, this might be the one. Um, and I think, and I did play it while watching the trailer. And I think it, I think it works. Uh, so I do encourage everyone to go back. Oh my and- gosh. <laughs> you killed it. This is amazing. Uh, we're going to have to listen to all of these after this. I definitely am going to have to go for a walk and just... Just like bop around pretending I'm going up into space. Yeah. yeah. Thoroughly inspired, both by your technique for <laughs> dealing with this today yes. and brands and the follow through. This is awesome. I've wrote, I've written down all three of these songs. I want to go search them on Spotify using Spotify search. An awesome feature. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> awesome. We do um, have a we do have a story how to get the most out of search on Spotify. <laughs> I want to look at this stuff. I, oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm more and more curious about this. I feel like I don't know. I'm I feel like a dinosaur or something. Like I'm like, there's more to it. <laughs> what about Discover <laughs> Weekly? That's still cool, right? I love my Discover Weekly. I just I just taught um um a, my partner's family member about Discover Weekly. Um and it was uh it was a really great teaching moment. Um so I'm excited yeah, for I more get, people to use Discover Weekly. I get tons of my uh, new music and recommendations from Discover Weekly. It's an often played list. That and the little like daily mixes that it makes. Do you do you like to use your, do you see the genre mixes or the artist mixes or the decade mixes or do you just go for the daily mixes? Well, I think there's usually a number of daily mixes and I just, they list maybe three or four artists that are in them. So I'm like, oh, that's the tone of this mix. Yeah. That's the tone of this mix. Um, I like going for the genre sometimes. Um, oh, I didn't mention that I'm, I am really into Lil Nas X. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I really love Montero. <laughs> um, yeah, Ooh. I'm a, I'm a big fan and the, the way that he has emerged is unbelievable to me. Yeah. And we're talking about, and talking about branding. I mean, he is, um, so one of his songs, the music video for it, I think it's that, that's what I want he has a moment where he's like ripping a condom with his teeth, like opening a condom. I mean, and it's just, yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like to have a con- condom placement in this music video is amazing. It's such a moment. I, I, I think he, everything he does is incredible. And I, I was so glad to see that. Yeah. His story yeah. is pretty incredible too. Of just sort of the way that he, you know, he's a true, you know, rode the wave of his art and his vision. It was amazing. All right. So, We have one more little segment. Uh, This has been lovely, by the way. Thank you so much for joining us. So these are just three little questions to to end on, uh, kind of open-ended. We ask them of all of our guests. Um, The first one is, what have you done recently for the very first time? What have I done recently for the very first time? Um, Oh my, okay, this is so specific. I, so because I have ulcerative colitis, I follow a diet for it and I don't eat starch. Um, so like pasta, bread, oats, like wheat, potato, rice, all that. Um, and, but I do eat a lot of almond flour and there's a new brand that makes an almond flour pasta. Um, so I bought it and it's very good. And I found a, an, an al- fettuccine Alfredo recipe. And I've never had, I don't know if I've ever had fettuccine Alfredo before because I'm also lactose intolerant. So, you know, why would I combine these two things? But I, we, we bought my partner, we, we decided to make it. We bought um, coconut cream, which is the best substitute Ooh, yep. for dairy cream. 
um, and Parmesan cheese, which I can eat because it has low lactose. And we made fettuccine Alfredo with this almond flour pasta. It was delicious. I can't believe I've never had fettuccine Alfredo <laughs> I before. I, mean, I can't believe it. And also it was so good and so easy. That's awesome. I mean, what a, what a gift it is. And in a weird way, did it make you go like, Oh, I get why this is on so many menus. I get why this is in so many commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, the next one is, uh, if you were to be invited to a show and tell, say from like a child that you know, or that you care about, uh, what do you think you would bring? Uh, I'm looking at my racing bike. So probably my racing bike. Um, I would get to talk about triathlons, um, which I think would be really fun for a class of elementary schoolers. Um, and also generally adults also enjoy hearing about triathlons. So I think either you can't, you can't, can't lose talking about triathlons. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. The last question for today is, uh, if you had one piece of advice that you'd want to give to a younger version of you, be it someone, a version of you that was in college or maybe right out of college or even leading up to college, what, what piece of advice do you think you would impart? I would tell my high school self to wear whatever I wanted. Um, I, as a high schooler, was not out as gay and I really wanted to wear vests and flannel and I wouldn't because I didn't want people to think I was gay. And I would go back to that younger self and say like, no, 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 it's okay to wear those things you are gay. And also like wear what you want to wear. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. So I think both things like you are gay, stop pretending. And also please put on the vest. You're going to love it. That's beautiful. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, good luck with the launch of the website. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired to go check it deep out. into Spotify and become like, I'm going to start making Spotify tip TikTok videos and start <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it, is there anything else that you'd like to plug or that you'd like to sort of mention or include? Yeah, so we have our new newsroom.spotify.com website going up uh, November 10th. We have three new podcasts within our um, for the record ecosystem. So one of them is called Spotify for the record. It's where you can find, um, company earnings information, um, other kind of more, um, investor and like people who are really into Spotify as a brand stories. We also have Spotify discovered this, which is where you can dive deep into genres, um, culture artists. Um, we had a recent episode about country music, um, talking about kind of where country music is today. Um, and then finally, Spotify Mic Check, which is a weekly series um, from the point of view and from the from the own words of a creator. So we talked to an artist named Julia Wolf. Um, we talked to um, pod, the podcast host from How to Save a Planet. Um, so those are fantastic, three fantastic types of podcasts that um, whatever you're into, you can kind of find something for it. And then, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter at Spotify News. Awesome. Thanks, Naomi. You're listening to a Brand Folder podcast, where we like to say, strong brands live here. Join us as we build the Brand Collective, a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. 